Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and this is the next episode of Podcast Payoffs, and this is with my partner, my multiplier partner, Gord Vickman. And as the simplifier, I'm just going to set this one up. Great podcast where you have two equal but really, really different partners really are more powerful than a podcast where you just have one person, mm-hmm. okay? And the difference is that you have one person who really simplifies things, and then the other person takes the simplification, says how it can work in all different places yeah. in the world. And we did that. You know, our series here is about podcasts and the payoff of podcasts, but it's really, really important in a podcast. You're either great alone, and there are many, many people, and I know people at the top of the charts worldwide, some of them have millions of podcast listeners, and Mm -hmm. they have a reputation. My preference is actually to do things in partnership with a partner, but what we've discovered is not all partnerships work in this setting. And one thing is you got to have one person who's kind of continually simplifies things, and the other person takes the simplifications and tells the listeners where this applies in their life, how they can use it in all the different parts of their life. And that's what we call a multiplier. I got a lot of questions because a lot of entrepreneurs who are you know, my sole focus for almost the last 50 years of my life, they had to be both a simplifier and a multiplier to become successful enough actually just to qualify for a strategic coach. So we have a entry level of 200,000 personal income to actually get in the strategic coach. And for the most part, a lot of that climbing to get to that level had to be done without a lot of help. Yep. So consequently, you've had to be both a simplifier and the multiplier. And a lot of entrepreneurs, because they see it both as crucial to their past success, they also see themselves doing both roles in the future because if that's the way I got successful to get here, then I have to do the same thing going into the future. And it's not true. As a matter of fact, you may have reached the upper limit of how far you can do doing both these roles. And one of them will, would you say it will exhaust you or it's just something you don't really look forward to? Yeah, I've got 10 questions related to clarifying whether you're a simplifier and multiplier. And you think about simplifying and you think about multiplying. So right now, You can think of experiences that you've had where you've simplified, taking complex things and made them simple for yourself and for other people. Or you can think of yourself where you took a simplifier out and you got it out into the world through presentations, through podcasts, through books, any other way. Then ask yourself the question, if circumstances required that you do one of those activities and only that activity for 10 days in a row, which one, simplifier or multiplier, would actually have you more energized at the end of 10 days than when you started? And which one would have you totally dead, tired after three days and you couldn't possibly do it on the fourth day? And in my case, I could simplify for 10 days in a row and I'd be happy as can be. But if you asked me to be in pure multiplier activities for three days in a row, I would be totally worn out.
Whereas I see something that has been simplified, I see a concept, I just want to tell everyone about it. <laughs> I get really excited with all the shows that we have here on Strategic Podcasts. And if you are curious about any of the others that we do, strategicpodcasts.com with an S, strategicpodcasts.com. That's our network page. And you can hear all of the shows that we do, Dan, with your partners and Shannon Waller as well with her Team Success podcast. Most of the shows that you do are with multipliers, and some of them are done with simplifiers. But we've been sort of teasing this here. People are probably wondering, well, how do I know what I am? Where do people begin to gain clarity on this? Well, I think they do it with their past. You know, I'm a great believer that your actual experiences that made you a more successful person, you know, in this case, we're talking about entrepreneurs, you could pick three experiences where you moved your company ahead or you got greater and better clientele because you had an ability to take something that was complex for the other members of your company and make it simple, mm -hmm. okay? And then things jumped ahead. Or because you were good at simplifying a client or customer problem, you got bigger checks and bigger opportunities and things move forward there. So that's a fairly easy thing, and I'll even go further with that in your personal life. You know, um, Entrepreneurs are unlike corporate people in that entrepreneurs, the personal life and the business life, don't have a real sharp distinction between them. You know, The reason why you became an entrepreneur is for personal reasons, and the rewards of being an entrepreneur are oftentimes totally experienced in your personal life with free time, great relationships, you know, quality of life. But in corporate world, that's not true. There's a real sharp division between personal and business. But the big thing is that in your personal life, you know, I mean, I'm someone who, when I'm around any kind of complexity whatsoever, I immediately say, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Before we go anywhere else, let's just get simple thing. Let's clean up here. Let's make sure everything is simple so we can all be on the same page when we go forward. Yep. Now, I'm not the person to take people forward, but I am the person to get them simple so that they can go forward. Yeah, and you can find the people that you're missing. Yeah to move that forward. Yeah. So as we mentioned, there's the simplifier, multiplier, clarifiers. So you were saying that if you could do something for 10 days in a row, you know, what would you do? But now let's talk about the collaboration. So if you're in a room with two other people, one is a simplifier, one is a multiplier, you said, which one would you find exhausting or annoying? And which one would you actually gravitate to? Is that the only way to test what you actually well, are? Well, here's the interesting thing. I'm a simplifier. And if I'm in a room with somebody who's a 100% simplifier and someone who's a 100% multiplier, my first question is, why is that other simplifier here? It's too complicated. <laughs> it's too complicated. You, on the other hand, if you were in a room with a 100% simplifier and a 100% multiplier, would like both of them. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but for different reasons. You would yeah. like the simplifier because maybe there's something there that can add to the value that you're creating out in the world. But the other multiplier may have whole networks that you can immediately take advantage of. Yeah. So they're not equally unequal here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the, the interesting thing is that as a simplifier, I like doing my initial work alone. 
Yeah. Okay. Because part of the reason why it's complicated is too many people are trying to solve the problem. So you have to drop down levels. So once I've done my simplifier, but then I want to meet every multiplier in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the only simplifiers that I really enjoy working with who are simplifying something entirely different. It's an entirely different area that I don't have any interest in. You know, for example, how do you hire and train new people in the company? We've got a very simple system. I know the simplifier put it together. I admire it completely, but I have absolutely no interest in that activity whatsoever, you know. So our company is filled up with simplifiers, and then we have multipliers who get the word about Strategic Coach out in the world. But I don't like working with a multiplier if I feel that what they're multiplying is too complicated. Because they need more simplification. <laughs> they need more simplification. You know, and you can that, pick that out right away? I can pick it up right away. We're in election season in the United States. I sit and I watch some of the speeches of the candidates. I say, oh, my gosh, this is so complicated. I can't believe it. This is so confusing. I can't believe it. it you know, we have nuts. tools in Strategic Coach, but of course, none of them qualify to actually come into our program and actually do it. But I can just, when somebody starts talking, I say, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, this is, oh, is there a center here? Is there a starting point here? You know, but it's, first of all, as I've become more successful in my own business, I've been freed up by Babs, you yeah. know, and she was the main problem solver here. One of the roles she wanted to do was to free me up just to do what I did really great. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now what I'm noticing over the last three or four years, I'm doing everything to free her up so that she's in a multiplier role every yeah. minute of the business day and not backstage helping people to clarify things because I think it wears her out. We were touching on this a little bit earlier to virtually anything, whether it's a sitcom, any kind of teamwork, bands, yeah. podcasts. And there's a couple of podcasts that are floating out there right now. And I so want to listen to them because the topics and the things that they talk about are so interesting. But I'm at the point right now where it's like, I want to contact them <laughs> to tell them about this concept because the show is such a disorganized mess. I'm thinking of one in particular, and I won't mention what it is to protect the innocent, but it's a fairly organized show, but I just can't get through it because you have two people who are trying to be multipliers on mm -hmm. the exact same episode. Mm -hmm. No one is simplifying anything until both of them flip and both of them try to be simplifiers. It's like they follow each other. And when one takes the lead on that, the other one feels, well, this is what I have to be doing. And I'm sitting there screaming at my phone going, no, 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 no. You were fine. Keep doing what you were doing. You just stay and do what you were doing. He's simplifying now. You keep multiplying, but yeah. they follow each other and I just can't get through it. And now with this concept, I'm like, should I help these people? I don't know. Maybe I should ask them to join Strategic Coach. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I've really noticed that mainstream media has become more and more annoying. And it doesn't matter if it's on the right side of the political spectrum or the left yeah. side of the political spectrum. And the reason is that I think that the entire media, and you experience this in talk radio, you experience this in AM radio, mm -hmm. that they're in such survival state for advertising dollars because Google and Facebook have just killed. Eaten their lunch. Yeah, they're eating their lunch. And I think that's true of the cable television and network television. I think the same thing that they have to shine every minute that's available, they have to shine. But when you have a show that's got five people on a panel, mm -hmm. first of all, they don't listen to each other. And regardless of what the other person said, they use it as a jumping off point. 
even if it has nothing to do with what the person said. And it seems to be this massive competition for very, very scarce advertising dollars and very, very scarce airtime. Yeah. And the times are getting shorter. They're getting restricted down. So if you can't pull it off in 30 seconds, you may not be back on the show tomorrow. Yeah. And the moderator, you are supposed to be the simplifier and the people on your panel, if you're doing talk radio as the talk radio host, okay, you multiply to get the subject out there and then you immediately need to be that simplifier and the people that call in, mm -hmm. they're the multipliers, they're the ones that shine because that will encourage yeah. more people to call. But there's so much ego now in terms of network television mm -hmm. and network television news specifically, right? Because, you know, as you grow your profile, it can mean big checks and big contracts. So everyone's trying to be the star at the exact same time. And I think that's why so many of these panels are so difficult to watch. I mean, we're in a pretty charged political climate right now and everybody's trying to build their star power. But when you have a discussion that really works, you'll find that this formula works right across the board. You have the moderator being the simplifier and allowing all the people to shine. Everyone's just talking over each other now and it doesn't seem to make any sense. So is that the reason why you just stopped watching television two, yeah, two think, years ago? Yeah, uh, I think that was part of it, just for the listeners. In July of 2018, it was a great summer here in Toronto, which doesn't always happen but we had a beautiful July and August, and I just noticed at Labor Day time that Babs and I hadn't watched any television for approximately six weeks. And one of the things I was noticing is just emotionally and psychologically, I was cooled out. Yeah. I was really cooled out. And I said, I bet that daily dose of getting other people's urgency in my face is not doing me, <laughs> is not, Probably help, not. not helping me at all. So I said, I wonder how much further I could go. And as I went through the fall, I just noticed that I wasn't usually taking my time at night after dinner, and I wasn't taking my time on weekends to watch any television. I started reading more, I started exercising more. We got to bed about, on an average, about an hour earlier, and as a consequence, got an hour more sleep. But I noticed my productivity at work really kicked up, and uh, I haven't been crunched with any deadlines. I've been very busy. I've been maybe busier than I was before that, but I'm noticing, and it worked out to about 700 hours of personal time that got freed up with that. There seems to be slack in my general system that gives me a chance to start things earlier, keep them going, have a lot of balls going at the same time and giving mm -hmm. each of them just what they need on a daily basis. And the big thing is that a lot of new concepts have come out during the last you know, half year or so, and one of them is Simplifier Multiplier. And I'm just wondering if not watching television put my mind and my- Into a different into place. Into a place where I could see this concept because uh, <laughs> I wasn't at the mercy of someone else's multiplication, you know, electronic multiplication. You yeah. know? I don't know, I don't know. But I do know that it's like water in the desert for a lot of entrepreneurs when you give them the concept because they're getting killed by trying to divide their time between a role that they really love doing, that they have a lot of skill at doing, and a role where it wears them out. And because they're trying to do the other that they're not good at, they're not actually attracting into their life people who have that particular skill mm -hmm. because they're only a 50% simplifier and the really great multiplier is looking for a 100% simplifier. 
and then they can find each other and you know yeah. take it to the next yeah. level. Yeah, and it's seamless. And I, you know, I have that sense of our teamwork from even before you joined us, just in the interview process. I said, oh, I, th- I think this is going to go really well. But I think you were obviously picking up something on my side mm-hmm. just in the stages of you know being hired because I gave you two really simple documents to kind of tell what the big project was and then how I wanted to collaborate with you personally. And you had that, and you came into the final meeting with 10 projects already laid out that I hadn't asked for. That's the multiplier in me. Yeah. I just see it and I want to be in motion because you simplified it. That's the four by four, if anyone's curious. It's a tool we have here at Strategic Coach Mm -hmm. called the four by four. And the other one was the impact filter, another simple tool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you hit the ground running and I think you accomplished in the first six weeks what I was expecting in the first six months. And then you threw in some extras. So it was really great. And my feeling is that the way I guarantee the future is just by being more of a simplifier. Mm -hmm. And the way you guarantee the future is just by being more of a multiplier. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You don't have to worry at nighttime, is this working or- Because you know. Because you know. So if you're curious, we've been talking a lot about the simplifier multiplier concept. You can go to strategiccoach.com, click store, and the book is available, Simplifier Multiplier, and you can pick up a copy for yourself, buy some for your team if you want, and it sort of lays out the entire concept and how you can, you know, bring this into your entrepreneurial journey or your podcast or anything, your family your clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a role and everyone knows exactly what they're doing. We have a little bit of time left. I wanted to get to this, Dan, because I'm kind of a stats nerd and I love reading about podcasts, where they're going, where they've come from, and just seeing certain things. So this is sort of a little extra that I wanted to make sure we had a little chat about. So podcast listeners are affluent. Some new research suggested that about 25% of people that are listening to these things have an annual household income of between 100,000 and 150,000. And a lot of people who do shows, monetization is a huge topic of interest right now. People are trying to figure out, well, how can I monetize? But I find that it mirrors strategic coach in the sense that you've always been interested in successful entrepreneurs at a certain income level. What I think a lot of people who are trying to monetize podcasts are doing wrong is they're not going for that premium client. They don't have a product or a service that they can offer the premium client. And what the stats and all the numbers are showing is people that listen to podcasts a really good percentage of them. These are people who have money to spend. So if you choose to target those people with an offering, whether it's a knowledge product or some kind of product, you don't have to be afraid to go to that Mm -hmm. next level. So strategic coach does that as well. We're not targeting people for the programs who are just at the start of their entrepreneurial journey. So when that decision was made, Was there any looking back or did you just say, okay, this is what we're doing and we're not going to be targeting people unless they reach that certain level? First of all, it's a great question. And it's long before the program itself is when I was a one-on-one coach. 1974 is when I jumped into the entrepreneurial world. And what I noticed right off the bat within the first year, that there was a speed to which successful entrepreneurs responded to the possibility of personal coaching. So I was doing personal coaching at that point. They said, well, so what do we do? And I says, well, I simply ask you about your goals. And then I have a big flip chart and I'll draw arrows and stars and I'll put dates on it and we'll itemize 
in priority, what your goals are, and then we'll see, you know, what that looks like one, two, three years out, and then put numbers on it, and then you'll see that there's some issues that get in the way of doing that, and we'll list down the obstacles, and then we'll just pick in the next 90 days what are some things that you can do right away that'll get the ball rolling. And they say, well, that's really, really great. And, you know, how long does it take? I said, we can do it in three hours. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, and they look at their schedule. Well, you know, I can put you in for next Tuesday in the afternoon. Is that okay? I said, it is. And they said, so how much does it cost? And I said, this number. And he said, I, I imagine you expect a check on that day. And I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, that's good. Let's do it. And that was one area of experience. And all the other area experience where I was working with someone who was an employee, even a high-level employee in some organization, government organization, corporate organization, uh, philanthropic organization, they'd say, well, can you put together a proposal on this? Well, I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, I'm just not. Nope. What I said was just very simple, <laughs> and you just immensely complicated my future. Now I have to put a proposal in, and I'm not going to be paid for your proposal. And then, you know, it could be two months, three months before we even get an agreement that we're going to start. And then, of course, I'm not going to get paid when I actually do the work. I'll get paid 30 days later or 60. So the real reason, and going back to your question, Gord, is that we've hit on this one area of the marketplace, the affluent entrepreneur, because the affluent entrepreneur is not investing in your program. The entrepreneurial entrepreneur is investing in their future. Mm -hmm. And they can only do so much to clarify what their future is, but if you're really good at asking them questions and documenting the answers and then putting numbers to the answers, measurable deadlines, measurable results, that's not a cost to them. And the faster it happens, the better. So those are the two things. It's not a cost, and the faster it happens, it's better. Well, you don't get a, a better qualified prospect than that. And most of it is about rejecting who is not a right fit for the program as opposed to choosing who is, because you don't necessarily know who is. They could be anywhere, but it's definitely rejecting. So we have just a few minutes left. Could you wrap us up here, Dan, telling the story? And I'm just going to throw this at you. You told a story at a company meeting recently. We were down at a conference. We were down at Peter Diamandis's A360, and you performed a rejection that I thought was (laughs) really, really (laughs) gutsy. And I was thinking about it, and I thought, wow, not a lot of people would do that. You know, People would find some way to shoehorn this individual in. And it was about someone who essentially was not a right fit for the program for certain reasons. And it was a rejection that you said you may not have initially done in the past, but now we're at the point where a strategic coach can make those kinds of decisions. And I thought it was an interesting story because the individual was probably gobsmacked that you weren't falling all over yourself to agree to what Mm -hmm. was going on. First of all, A360 is about technology, and it draws some of the spectators or the observers, some really, really powerful people who are in large, powerful digital corporations. And this is one of the three or four biggest digital corporations in the world. And he was the head of a very, very advanced unit inside of that corporation. And he came up to me and he said, you know, I've been following Peter Diamandis for years and he keeps talking about you as a coach. 
And he said, I'd just like to discuss with you actually bringing your coaching inside my corporation in my particular unit because I think it would do a world of good. And I said, well, that would be a no. And he said, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, no. And then he went on saying, oh, you mean we have to do it outside the corporate? No. I said, no, it'd be a no, period. You don't qualify for a strategic coach. You wouldn't qualify for a strategic coach, and nor would anyone else who's working with you qualify for a strategic It's only for entrepreneurs. And he says, yeah, but we're very entrepreneurial. And I said, there's only one way, you know, you're an entrepreneur is that you're not guaranteed a paycheck. That's the only <laughs> way. It's the only way. And I said, I have a feeling that you're guaranteed a very, very big paycheck and for a long time. And I said, no, it's not possible. And he said, well, you know, he says, I find when the answer is no, the first time it's just start of a process. I said, there's not going to be any process here. I said, this is the final no that you're going to get out of me because we're not going to have another conversation about this particular topic. And then you told him to quit his job. No, he said, <laughs> you know, so who are all the people? And I told him and I, he said, so let me get this right. Let me get this right. In order for me to come to your program, I have to quit my corporate job. I said, that would be a start on the road. <laughs> and he said, and? And I said, and you have to do it for three years and be successful enough that you're hitting our basic income levels. And he says, wow. He said, I've just never had a conversation like this in my life. And I said, well, yeah, but I said, a yes here wouldn't work for me, and you would find it wouldn't work for you. So the answer is a no. But the thing here is that I've simplified my thinking down to this point, where maybe, as you brought up in your question, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I'd give that a month to think about it and talk to about it. But I know it's a wasted month, you know, yeah. the where we are today. So that's my simplifier. Any additional conversation beyond the next couple minutes is not a good thing for me. It's not a good thing for our company. It's not a good thing. And it's not a good thing for him. You no, know? total waste of and time. I, and who knows? Maybe I'll see him in the future. And this was an important conversation for him. You know? But until then, Dan Sullivan freaking out the corporate suits for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just a different world. You know, I mean, I'm sure... In that world, there are geniuses who understand how to live in that world, but I wouldn't be one of them. You know, and I've just picked my spot, and I've been at it pushing 50 years now. You know, the first 20, 25 years, they were tough. You know, I had to stick to my guns. I had to really reinforce my commitment and up my courage a little bit to keep going at some points. But, you know, that's just the world testing you if you're really serious. <laughs> Indeed. Time to wrap up, Dan. Uh, any final thoughts? Ultimately, we would like you to really enjoy the amazing new capability in the world for your own business called a podcast. I encourage every entrepreneur who actually is in Strategic Coach to actually listen to our podcast series here and actually take advantage of all the amazing technology, which makes it a very simple thing if you have a simple concept. And the other thing is that Personally, not necessarily talking about anyone who's listening, but I find podcasts are just immensely easier when I have a partner. And the most important thing in putting the partnership together, one of you has to be a simplifier and stays in that role, and the yep. other one has to be a multiplier and stays in that role. Then you'll get magic. 
Indeed. So strategiccoach.com, click the store and the book Simplifier Multiplier is available for you to purchase right now. And you can purchase a copy for yourself and your team and get on the road. Simplifier Multiplier. Great clarity and another really enjoyable episode. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Gordon.